I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today with us for a second time, we have Rajat Shah. And we're going to be talking about Ashwagandha and Boswellia in this episode. If you haven't heard the previous episode where we spoke about turmeric in detail, because I think turmeric is one of those very, very important supplements and plants that we should be consuming every single day. Today, we're going to be talking about two other plants. One that we are very popular and, 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 and uh, familiar with, especially from the world of Ayurveda. And the second one that is even like still new to me, I haven't explored it either. So let's jump into these and discuss these plants. Rajat, welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. Hi again, Ashton. Thanks for having me again. My pleasure. You know, the last discussion was so informative because we deep dived into understanding curcumin, understanding turmeric, understanding the active ingredients in it. When I say ashwagandha, what are the thoughts that come to your mind? I mean, when you say ashwagandha, honestly, there's a lot because, I mean, first of all, ashwagandha, a lot of people ask, what does ashwagandha mean? And it actually means the smell of a horse. So it's hmm. kind of a weird thing. But, you know, when you think about a horse, you think of like, a, you know, youthful kind of an image kind of comes in front of you. Um, and that's really what ashwagandha is. Um, we talked about adaptogens last time. It's one of the most powerful adaptogens, right? So when you talk about the whole Rasayana, which is all about, you know, being in restoring or being in a youthful state, that's Ashwagandha gets you all of that. And in Latin, it's actually called Vithenia Somnifera. Any guesses on what mm. you think that would mean? No clue. It actually means Vithenia Somnifera means actually in like peaceful sleep. So imagine... Peaceful sleep. Yeah, so that's... You know, I, I, it's kind of a wrong way to say it, but I think it's like a side effect of ashwagandha. And, you know, we all know good sleep means good health. So I think mm. I honestly, yeah, and only 2% Ashton of ashwagandha is actually known to humans. Only 2% mm. of the plant. The rest is all still mm. a mystery. So even science has mm. not understood or Ayurveda has not understood the remaining 98% of that plant. So there's a lot mm. of basic research that is still kind of pending on ashwagandha. Mm. But its method of actions are fantastic. So extremely powerful adaptogen. The whole Rasayana thing, you know, restores um, kind of a youthful state, improves your vitality. And more importantly for me, it actually improves sleep, right? So it improves okay. kind of like healthy sleep. And what is it that it actually does? So, for example, I know with our turmeric and curcumin discussion, we spoke about anti-inflammatory. We spoke mm. about antioxidant. Mm. What is it that ashwagandha does? What is the feeling that people get? Is it something that is uh, preventive in nature from a health disease or is it something that makes you feel good? No, so it is. it does actually multiple different things. One of the most important things is it does improve your, uh, reduction, you know, improve, reduces your stress rather. It doesn't improve your stress, I was going to say. It reduces your stress, um, right? Mm. So it definitely improves, like I say, your state of being um, is the way mm. I like to call it or I understand it better. And, um, it, you know, we've done some trials, which I'm going to talk about. It actually, in those trials, we've seen that it improved sleep. It improved, uh, reduced stress. It, um, you know, improved your and overall it actually also improved your happiness which is also interesting mm. and these all validated those fun validated scales that you can use when you're doing these trials so a mm. lot of different things right um that it can actually do for you 
And it's, there are different forms um, in which you can do it. It actually is great for, you know, a lot of athletes and sports people also take ashwagandha because it helps with muscle, you know, development, etc. So there are lots, I mean, literally, you know, it's funny when you talk about a lot of these herbs and you start listing everything it does and people are like, what, it does everything. You know, like mm. there are people who actually <laughs> say that, how can a herb do everything? But I'm like, it does, you know, it really does. Um, it's a great herb. And it's unlike turmeric, it's actually something that is not part of your ahar, right? So in Ayurveda, you have mm. ahar. Um, it's not what something you ahar? consume. So ahar is anything you eat, right? Um, anything that um, So a you daily consume. thing, a, yeah, a daily, on a correct. daily basis. Mm. Correct. So ashwagandha is not something I put in my spice box and I sprinkle it onto things, right? So it's not something mm. that's mm. Uh, very accessible that way. Um, but of course... You know, Should we be doing that? Should we be making our sabzis smell like horse? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because <laughs> again, you know, there there are some interesting things about ashwagandha, which is which are less known per se. Uh, but no, there are other forms of having it, and you wouldn't want to mix it in. I don't know how it would taste. Honestly, I've never done that experiment, so I don't know how your food would taste <laughs> with it. Anybody who's tasted ashwagandha tea, maybe will be able to tell us better, right? Yeah, it's supposed to taste or smell like the mus- like the nose of a horse, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's the... So, ashwagandha, the, yeah. right? The gandha part mm. and the ashwa is like that. Yeah, ashwa meaning horse. Correct. Correct. So, you know, the reason why I love talking to Rajat is that she's a kindred like, spirit because we love geeking out about and understanding the science behind whatever that mm. we're talking about and, and learning. And, and Rajat was saying we did a fantastic experiment or a study on ashwagandha. Yeah. So, so Rajat, tell us about that. What is it that you all did, and and what did what did you find out? Yeah. So you know, in um, in our kind of field, we do what we call a randomized, double blind, placebo controlled study, right? Mm. And what that means is we basically take a group of people and we divide them into two halves. Um, and now randomly, we will say, okay, who, so when we divide them up, I mean, the division happens automatically, we randomly give them either the product, or we give them a placebo, right? And the idea here is that um, we want to basically reduce the bias. So neither the person taking or the person giving it to them knows what is it that they're getting. So there's zero bias. So these are what you call a randomized placebo controlled double blind studies. And not only do they reduce bias, they actually are what we call the gold standard of any clinical trial. So we did a study recently, and in fact, it was um, it started at the peak of the pandemic. So last January is when we initiated the study. By the time we enrolled our subjects and we uh, started the trials, it was around March, April. And what was very interesting is that one of the metrics that we were measuring was stress. Right? So we wanted to make sure that we take people that have moderate amount of stress, at least in their lives. Um, mm. And we, when we intook the people, um, so on an average, your stress levels should be around 13 for your population. Okay, And there's a scale called the perceived stress scale. So it's a validated scale that helps you, you know, it's like a, one of those questionnaires that you answer, but it's validated across, you know, millions of studies to say that it gives you proper results. So the perceived stress scale should really be around 13 for an, on an average of your population. At the beginning of the pandemic, when we started the study, that stress level was 18 or 19 for all of our subjects, right? At out the, of? 
Um, so this was around, I think, more than hundred subjects that we did the study on. No, no. Out of how many is the scale on based oh, on? Oh, the scale. So fifteen. Scale like twenty-eight, thirty. We would have said, boss, you need to get, you know, hospitalized. Like there's something okay, wrong. So right. yeah, so eighteen is also very high. But you know, like when you think about thirteen to eighteen, it's quite a high thing. Um, and initially, when we started looking at this, we we're like, okay, maybe it's India. You know, everybody is stressed in India, <laughs> so it's mm. maybe an Indian thing. Correct. And uh, but at the end of our study, so this is after three months of giving the product to these people, we actually saw that in the people taking the product, the stress levels dropped to around close to thirteen, while in the other mm. who are just taking placebo, it stayed around that eighteen nineteen number. And this is by I would say mm. like May June. Right where things actually started relatively opening up, more was known about the pandemic, what's going on. So it was a very telling sign, right? Both the fact that in the beginning of the pandemic the stress levels were higher, and the fact that a product like ashwagandha was able to reduce that stress level significantly. And then, of course, it didn't just reduce the stress. We also did what we call the Pittsburgh Sleep Index. That's another validated scale. We saw significant improvement in the sleep. We also saw a significant improvement, like I said, in the happiness, which is another scale called the Oxford Happiness Scale. So across all mm. of these scales, like amazing results, and you were like, "Wow!" Like Ashwagandha is doing its job. Like this is what has been studied by Ayurveda for six thousand years, right? Um, mm. It's been used uh, in Ayurveda for exactly this, and it is doing this. But one other indication that Ayurveda points towards is improvement in cognitive health. So what we also mm. did is for the same set of people, we subjected them to a battery of uh, cognitive assessments. So it's like one of those mm. games, you know, you play where you're supposed to match a shape faster or find the pattern fast, and you do those things. Mm. Um, so again, we come, we took we take baseline numbers. So we said, okay, when they start, before they take the product, what is that? We test in the middle and we test at the end. And again, in mm. the arm of the study which was taking the product. Significant improvements in recall, so remembering what was happening, and a significant reduction in errors. So they were making less mistakes mm. on these tests, which basically showed an improvement in focus. Right. Correct. So these are kind of all the different ways ashwagandha works, um, and it mm. does that by what we call these vithenolites. So there are about mm. you know um, at least. in the science well documented is about nine vitanolites which is what a lot of products would test against uh, we even able to identify about 20 vitanolites right and it's the mixture of these vitanolites and one specific one vitanolite a which is what makes ashwagandha work right gives it that kind of superpower that it does again having said that i'm also saying that only 2% 3% of the plant is known so there has to be maybe some mm. other factors that also influence um the method of action of that product or that phytonutrient Correct. and and rajat is it um like a certain kind of ashwagandha does this and a certain kind of ashwagandha does something else for example in ginseng there is a korean ginseng which is different from an indian ginseng hmm. which is different from a, a red ginseng yeah. so uh, what what is the is is the same thing in ashwagandha as well do you find different plants with different vitanolites no so in ashwagandha so actually ashwagandha is known as indian ginseng by the way it's also called okay. indian ginseng right so hmm. it's kind of that's why when you look at ginseng it's again that same story of a very good adaptogen so that's kind of what ashwagandha yeah. does um and hmm. yes when you look at the roots to the uh, leaves every part of the plant has a different hmm. percentage of vitanolites 
But Ayurveda tells you that for internal consumption, so if you had to make a cream out of it or something like that, you could use other parts. But for internal consumption, what comes out of the bark is very important, right? So we again, we take the extract out of the bark. And then, like I said, there is Vithanolite A, which is one of the most potent Mm. Vithanolites. Now, the problem with Mm. Vithanolite is that Vithanolite A is that once you take it, within an hour, it gets out of your body, right? Mm. So it doesn't stay. So how do you enjoy this kind of state of being when it's not staying in your body for too long? So how do you make sure that it's getting absorbed Mm. to the maximum extent? And that's why Mm. there's this whole concept of sustained release, Um, right? So sustained release is nothing but, you know, you know, like if you were to take something that is, um, say, 500 milligrams twice a day. But I Mm. think like, again, you know, we don't want people to take things twice a day because it's just inconvenient. So can I give you Mm. something that's a thousand milligrams at the beginning of the day? And now Mm. it's basically you swallow it, you have it. And this is this technology which now allows it to slowly release the product into your body. So it's mm. the same thing with caffeine. Like, you know, imagine when we drink caffeine, we mm. have a nice cup of it and we are great for an hour. And then slowly we start seeing the caffeine crash and we feel like reaching mm. out for that next cup of caffeine. So the same mm. problem, right? So if you had a sustained release caffeine, which we actually do, we've not um, come out with it yet. But when you have a sustained mm. release caffeine, you could enjoy the effect of caffeine with a much lower dose Right, because you don't mm. need that heightened state, you don't need that jitteriness, right? So you could Correct. reach a certain level and less amount. You can also have it uh, slowly release in your body, and actually avoid uh, a lot of issues that come with, say, you know, having those caffeine crashes or having the jitteriness uh, when you are having, you know, multiple cups a day. So the same concept mm. here. So right, so that's called your sustained mm. release. So we've actually been able mm. to create a sustained release version of the ashwagandha. So now when you take the ashwagandha, um, it's actually going to stay in your bloodstream for a very long time. It will slowly keep releasing and therefore you'll have slow and, you know, measured amounts of vithanolide A coming into your body, which then gives you the effect that it does. So when you take it in the morning to evening, you know, it's kind of like imagine being like in an all time focus. Like I would love to see Mm. how this product would work for students, you know, who are in immense stress today studying, you know, how does it improve Mm. their recall their focus, Mm. um, you know, gives them better sleep still. So there's a lot of benefit and a lot of further research that can support what we're trying to do here. Very interesting. Fascinating. And um, how is ashwagandha typically consumed now as, um, is it always consumed as a supplement, as a pill? How are people consuming ashwagandha right now? Yeah, that's a good question. I think ashwagandha is becoming popular in teas. I think there are lots of brands that have started adding it to teas. I think, to mm. be quite honest, in the past, um, the uh, Western world has adopted ashwagandha better as a supplement. In India, it has still mm. been only accessible via your you know, Ayurvedic doctors who would give it to you. Um, so that's how ashwagandha is known. And I don't think it's something that you would just open up your pantry and you know it's kind of available to you. So it's not something that I can go Correct. to a Kirhana Dukan also and say, you know, I give ashwagandha. De to. Um, so that's not how mm, widespread mm. the use is. So Ayurveda would be one way go- going to an Ayurvedic doctor, getting a supplement, of course, now that they are available in India. And in the Western world's ashwagandha, because especially, like I said, in sports nutrition, it has been a big thing. Mm. It actually can improve um, your uh, muscle, you know, your muscle mass, your different, your performance itself as well. So it's been used in sports supplements for quite some time. 
I love it because um, we have a doctor that comes on our Habit Coach podcast quite frequently, Dr. Mm-hmm. Vignesh, and yeah. he keeps talking about how we should be thinking about uh, health as vitality. Yeah. And and ashwagandha is one of those things that gives us that vitality, you know, that energy Correct. for living. And energy for living is also the same thing as energy for sleep. You know, yeah. we think that we have to be tired to sleep. Actually, you need energy to sleep. <laughs> and it's important to realize these things. We need energy for focus. We need energy for being calm. And that's yeah. why this vitality concept is so, so, so important. Yeah. No, I Lovely. Agree. Anything else on ashwagandha that we have not covered that you would like to share with us? No, I think, um, you know, there's a, like I said, even I'm learning a lot more. What's been very interesting for me on this journey, you know, coming from the complete non-medicine background, having that mm. interest has now still allowed me to kind of explore these things. So what mm. I didn't know, like even two years ago, I'm learning so much more. So it's a process for me to learn a lot more about um, these herbs and what they can do as well. So I think whatever I can do to kind of spread that understanding better is what I'm here for. Uh, But we can, of course, do a much more deeper dive. Um, I'll let you know when I've found out more (laughs) more on the herb for us to do that. Yeah, after the next one. After the next study. (laughs) Done. So so tell us about the second herb that you wanted to talk about, Boswellia. Am I pronouncing it right? Yes, yes, you are. So that's what, you know, it's actually Boswellia serrata. And generally, hmm. whenever I tell Boswellia serrata, people are like, Boswellia what? <laughs> right? It's, hmm. Um, hmm. again, a very, it's actually grown in, I think, the hilly regions in India. It's a large hmm. uh, tree um, that grows. Hmm. And what people, you actually have to make an incision in the bark of the tree, much like you would do like for honey or maple. And then it oozes hmm. out like this very gummy substance, which is collected hmm. in this um, kind of a bamboo basket. It drains out, mm. you know, what is not required. And then it solidifies into these oleo raisins, which are called Googles. Mm. Correct? Mm. So again, mm. Ayurveda is known Bosphalia for a long time. It's actually an amazing mm. anti-inflammatory. So um, mm. similar to turmeric, it would do a fantastic job for your joint health as well. But one mm. of the areas where Ayurveda also prescribes is for your gut health. Now, you know, mm. gut health has become quite a big topic recently, right? Everybody talks about mm, this. Mm. And I've been fascinated with it myself. We can explain a lot. Uh, if, if we have a good gut, you know, everything kind of works in the body. So Boswellia actually can help, you know, you can think of it like a pro- prebiotic, where it can, mm. it's not only anti-inflammatory, but it can also work as a prebiotic and helping maintaining the uh, organisms or the biome in your gut. And if you think about the gut-brain axis, again, you know, everything is synergistic at the end of the day. So if you have a healthy Mm. gut, a lot of things follow as a function of that, you know. So again, healthy brain Mm. function, um, you know, healthy uh, joints, healthy skin, correct, healthy digestive functions. So Mm. that's kind of where Boswellia can also work. And it's relatively less known in this area. It's only kind of in Mm. the uh, head of all these Ayurvedic doctors and less in the market as a product for gut. Mm. And is it is it something that is very popular abroad that is now coming to India as a supplement? Or is it something that uh, is still very under the radar across the, no, across it is, the board? Yeah, no, it is quite, especially in gut, it is quite under the radar, Ashton. Um, again, you know, mm. for us, we have done more than three to five years of research on this. So we've started Mm. with, you know, doing research in, um, you know, animals 
to check on what is so these was like done in rats where we check on what is the how is the product working we have done in vitro and in um, analysis to check you know how is it working in the upper gut like h pylori mm-hmm. a bacteria mm-hmm. which is a very common mm-hmm. infection of the upper gut is something also we okay. saw very positive results with so no it's it's not mm-hmm. uh, very well known in the gut space it is extremely popular in um, joint health as an anti-inflammatory like much like turmeric would mm-hmm. be um mm-hmm. internationally for as a drug but bosphalia when you tell people they're like what is bosphalia right so this very less mm-hmm. known about it and and is it for for h pylori is it something that's had as a supplement or something that is chewed or is it's a resin right ultimately no, so, so is it something that's all your resin but again the same problem mm-hmm. this in fact compared to ashwagandha bosphalia does suffer mm-hmm. from the problem of um bioavailability So hmm. a the raisins kind of you know you have to break it down into a form that's palatable and can be uh, eaten second is hmm. um you still even if once you do that it does not become absorbed hmm. in your body very well so that's why you have hmm. to work on the bioavailability of the product and um hmm. also it's kind of it's not a very good tasting product so some hmm. kind of some form of taste masking to give it a more neutral taste is better so that you know when you do add it to your tea or you do add it to other things it's not going to leave you with a bad taste in your mouth interesting interesting because these resins are so it's a completely different world altogether from the what we're used to as in the form of herbs etc um i remember chewing mastic gum mastic gum again is great for your h pylori and yeah and is a great yeah. substitute for chewing yeah. gum and things like that yeah. so yeah so i think these resins are going to be a big thing going ahead as well yeah No, definitely, and you know, again, even um, antioxidant. It was really as another uh, great antioxidant as well. So all of these, you know, when you think about um, between ashwagandha, turmeric, boswellia, um, a lot of anti-inflammatory action, a lot of um, antioxidant action. Uh, ashwagandha mm. being a very potent adaptogen, but boswellia specifically mm. also exerts the effect of a prebiotic um, to a large extent. Mm. And um, if you let me kind of dive slightly bit further into how it does mm. that so mm. there are these major bosphalic acids in uh, bosphalia so again mm. the percentage combination of how you're getting these bosphalic acids is akba bba it sounds like i'm you know abusing someone right now <laughs> but these are the different <laughs> types of bosphalic acids and a combination of these is what allows you to get the benefit okay Yeah. And 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 these are things that you extract out of it, or these are things that you keep in 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 the in the natural way itself. Like, no, you, how does it yeah, work? Yeah, no, you can extract them out of it. So what you do is when hmm. we work with like a boswellia extract. So um, again, a boswellia oleo gum resin has got nothing done to it, right? It's in the absolute hmm. uh, natural form. Then you have a basic boswellia extract, which is just now removed things that are not important and given you a very potent form of boswellia. But then, if you take it another step further, you can look at these boswellic mm. acids and create a very specialized combination of these, where you're harnessing the power of the very specific acids of which the action is known. So you now mm. know that you are exerting a very specific effect that you want on your body using these boswellic mm. acids. So yeah, then it becomes kind of like a third level extraction where you've now not only um, gotten a potent form, but you've also been able to create a special combination of these phosphoric acids. Hmm. 
Yeah, so there's a, you can Lovely. go as deep as you want literally into these things, right? But at some point you say, okay, this is the max because if you start messing around with it too much, you may again, hmm. you know, lose the naturalness. You may end up, you know, not maybe getting some of the other unknown factors which gives it the effect. Absolutely. You know, like you said with ashwagandha also, there's just so much that we don't know about the plant, right? And and we don't know what are the mechanisms are. Yeah. It's still scratching the surface in these things. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting to understand these. And um, one, one last question I had was, any people who should not be trying these out? No, so both, you know, ashwagandha, bosphalia are very, they're what we call is generally regarded as safe. Um, mm. They're definitely, like I said, ashwagandha and bosphalia are not part of your, um, they're not part of your diet, right? So there's not something mm. you take. But there are generally no contraindications when you take them. You know, if you take a good quality product, so check, you know, check. And I know we've talked about, you know, hopefully in the future we can do something where we can educate people more on how we can read labels. So definitely read, mm. understand what's there in the product, how much percentage of the product is there. And then question. Mm. So if it's saying 20%, then what is there in that 80%? You know, understand how to read those mm. INS values. Um, mm. You know, you'll get a lot more understanding. Is everything they're using, is it food grade or there are a lot of synthetic excipients added? So I think that's where you have to look at. So I wouldn't say every product is safe, but you definitely have to sit mm. and understand what are you getting out of this? <laughs> It's so interesting. I, I just picked up a bottle of ashwagandha to see what is written on it. Yeah. And if I, yeah. if I understand that the ashwagandha bottle that you did pick up, I think it's a very generic mm. ashwagandha. Like it's not, it's mm. just a root powder. Um, I don't Correct. think that had anything um, enhanced or anything very it, specific in it. No, it just says ashwagandha root. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's just a root powder. Correct. So, ghar ke mixer, maybe mm. I can get a root powder, mix it and then take a certain measure. Mm. Yes, it is giving you the mm. advantage of giving you the pre-measured dose. But they are mm. not telling or, you know, we are, we are not understanding the fact that vitinolide A, which is your potent, mm. you know, the actual active in ashwagandha, it's exiting your mm. body within an hour. So, how do you, how are you getting the benefit from it? Right? Correct. Correct. Absolutely. So there is a spectrum of how can you improve on this? And I think it's important to start that journey down the spectrum. Like I keep saying, you know, these are things that we should all experiment with. And Mm -hmm. through experimentation, you can learn on how you feel and how you react with it. Yeah. Is it something that you, is is, is it affecting your sleep? Is it making you sleep better? Is it making you, giving you more vitality? So, So what I want the listeners to take away from this is that we have so many options. We should start the process of experimenting, you know, start with an open mind, look at it because we are doing such fantastic work in trying to get these active compounds out and make a difference in people's lives. Lovely. Rajat, I loved talking to you and geeking out about Ashwagandha Mm -hmm. and Boswellia. How can people get in touch with you? How can people try out your products, etc.? Yeah, no, thanks, Ashton. It was a pleasure um, to get in touch with me. Please follow us on at Nature and Thought on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you can also reach out to me at rajat at natureandthought.com and uh, you can visit our website on natureandthought.com. We haven't launched our Ashwagandha and Boswellia products, but they're coming out soon. So stay in touch and we'll be able to tell you uh, more about this once we, these products are coming out. The turmeric product is launched? Yes, it is. It is. It's on the website. Where, where can we buy it from? natureandthought.com. Yeah, and we'll soon be launching okay. this on Amazon um, and things because like I am a... I love using Amazon for all my shopping. So I know that's not something we can avoid. 
Um, so we'll be putting it out on Correct. Amazon.com soon as well. Yeah, we have one small Amazon depot in our house now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it. Thank you, Rajat. Thank you for no, joining thanks, us on the Ashton. Coach Podcast. Thanks. It was great. So start these habits and share with us your progress using the hashtag #TheHabitCoach. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashden Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website. awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel called AWESOME180 that's awesome180